Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. I'd like for everyone to open your Bible with me to the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 3, as we continue on our series titled Consecration, Living in the Days of Daniel. Um, If you haven't been keeping up with the series, we really want to encourage you to do so, not only to listen um, online to the different messages, um, but we want to encourage you to read the book of Daniel several times and to become acquainted with what's going on. The reason that uh, um, we're focusing on this book is because Our days today are very similar to the days of Daniel. Daniel um, grew up in Babylon. He and some of, uh, and some Hebrew boys that we're going to be focusing on today were taken into captivity. God prophesied through Jeremiah that Israel was going to go into captivity for 70 years. And indeed, that is what happened. And so Babylon, where they were taken captive to, was a very godless culture, a very godless society, a day that is very similar to this day. And so what I want to do is I want to once again recap what is the definition of consecration? What does it mean? What does consecration mean? And we've been going over this. And uh, it's like a three-corded strand, uh, a strand of three chords. First of all, it's a separation to the purposes, plans, and person of God. Consecration doesn't mean that you act religious. It doesn't mean that you keep rules and regulations. Consecration means that you separate yourself to God's will, God's plan, and to God himself. It's a separation motivated by our affections. Consecration is about who you love. It's about being in love with Jesus and serving the one that you love with all of your heart. And then thirdly, it's a love and loyalty that flows from deep within the heart. A love and loyalty that flows from deep within the heart. And today, we're going to be looking at, in a sense, this strand of consecration because what I want to talk about today really is not only something that we need the spirit, spiritual help for, but it's something that we have to grow and develop in our closeness to God. And this love and loyalty that is deep within will then make us fulfill this level and and this particular subject matter today, this facet of of consecration. So we're going to be reading uh, um, in Daniel chapter 3, and what I'm going to do is I have to read all all of the... the, uh, all 30 verses. I'm going to kind of speed read here. Um, I hope that you're reading along with us in the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 3. Go ahead and put it up, but I'm just going to read right here. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. 
He then summoned satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all of the other provincial uh, officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set, and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, um, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Now look up here for a moment, okay? Whoever does not fall down and worship immediately will be thrown into a blazing furnace. Now, if you look at this passage in light of the previous uh, chapter, you see that Nebuchadnezzar had a dream that came from God, and God explained to him that there would be four successive kingdoms uh, uh, um, before uh, Christ would come and, and really raise up the greatest and eternal kingdom of all time, the kingdom that will never end. But he said, your kingdom, Nebuchadnezzar, and by the way, Nebuchadnezzar, I've placed you there. Your kingdom is the greatest kingdom, and it was a head of gold. Now, fast forward two to three years. They don't know approximately what year this was, but two or three years later, King Nebuchadnezzar, in his pride, everyone say pride. King Nebuchadnezzar, in his pride, makes an image of gold. And he says, anyone who does not fall down and worship this image, you're going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. And so what you see here is the response of a king in a, who God was actually trying to reach. You see the response of a king, and his response was with pride. He responded to God with pride. I want to suggest to you today that many, many nations, including this one, are responding to God with their pride. And they're saying, we don't have to worship God. We can worship whoever we want to worship. Now, there are some very powerful uh, uh, implications and ramifications for us as his people Because you're going to see what happened. Um, And I want to suggest to you today that this has a a prophetic nature to us even in this day and in this time. Let me keep reading now. It says, at this time, some some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, may the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, Zither, and by the way, we need to get a zither up here. I don't know what that is, but we need to get one of those, right? Uh, Horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set up over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you. Your majesty, they neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. 
furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, uh, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown, thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Uh, then what God, notice the pride, then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? So, so before I keep reading, I want to point out to you that as a follower of Christ, you need to be able to tell the difference between pride and humility. You need to be able to discern when people are proud against the will and the voice of God. Okay? Because how many know that's bad news? That's not where, where we want to be. What verse are we at now? Because I, I lost my place. 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not, I love this. These are the key verses here. He says, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Plain and simple. Brothers and sisters, we have a role to play. When you're living in days of Babylon, we have a role to play. And that role is to not bow down to the gods of this world. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot uh, that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that, uh, that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. And he said, look. Everyone say, look. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. How many believe that was Jesus Christ right in that fiery furnace with them? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their body, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Almost done. 
Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Now he's praising them for being faithful to God. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language uh, who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other God can save in this way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The title of of my message today is Consecration Grows Our Convictions. Consecration Grows Our Conviction. Now, now, this is a very important message. This is a different kind of message for us, as you'll see momentarily. We don't talk about this subject matter often in the church, but we're living in a day when this is very, very important. And, and brothers and sisters, one of the important things about being close to God is that if you're close to God today, then you'll be ready tomorrow. You and I don't know what's coming around the corner. But if you're close to God today, your convictions will grow. You'll get stronger in God. We know this to be true because anyone who's a parent understands that you spend your whole life, so to speak, uh, uh, as a parent trying to develop, not your whole life, but while they're children and until they leave your home, you spend your, all of your energy trying to develop the right convictions in your children. And you say it over and over and you pray and you help and, and, and hopefully you model because you want them. Them, when they stand on their own, you want them to be strong enough to do what's right and what would honor you, and if you're a Christian, what would honor God. You see? And so we know that you don't just adopt convictions, you grow convictions. And what I want to say to you is the closer you get to God today, the stronger you'll be for God tomorrow. These kids were seeking God. They were seeking God in the previous chapter. They were close to God. They were honoring God. And brothers and sisters, we need to honor God now because we don't know what's coming around the bend. Some crazy stuff really is coming around the bend. And so conviction is a big deal for all of God's people. We need to know. You know what it says in Isaiah? It says, if you do not stand firm in your faith, Isaiah 7 says, if you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. And so we need to stand firm in our faith. How many would say amen? amen? So here's what I want to do. I want to pray a moment, okay? I want to pray a moment, and I want to pray that God would open up our hearts to be close to him and sold out to him. Okay? This is not three steps to, to, to greater wealth. This is not four steps to a better marriage. This has nothing to do with you. Okay? This has everything to do with honoring our master and our savior, our king and our Lord. And some messages need to be about that. Some truths. 
and especially in times like these, how many know we need to make sure that God gets all the glory and all the honor and all the praise? Amen. Father, we thank you for this time, and I pray, Lord, that in the next few moments, you would speak to every heart. Lord, I pray that you would revive our church. I pray, oh God, that you would get us ready. Lord, we don't look to the future, Lord, no matter how difficult it might be, Lord, with an absence of joy or an absence of hope. We're going to praise you all the way through, no come what may, oh God. We're your people and we're made for your glory, God. We have nothing to fear because we know that you're seated on the throne. But God, today what we're asking for is that you would get us ready, oh God, to bring you glory no matter what the cost. So God, make us a people of conviction. Make us a people who believe, oh God, firmly in who you are and what you've called us to do no matter what. Bless this word, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. 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 So very quickly, here's what this passage is, is speaking to us. First of all, this passage is teaching us that consecration incites persecution. Consecration incites persecution. It says he made this image, and it says whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Sooner or later, brothers and sisters, sooner or later, if you're really going to serve and honor God, persecution will come. Even Jesus talked about the fact that we would be persecuted in the, in the book of Matthew. Look at Matthew. This is the New Living Translation. It says, look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves, so be as shrewd as snakes and as harmless of doves, but beware. And then he says a number of things, but listen to what Jesus said. He said, since I, the master of the household, have been called the prince of demons, the members of my household will be called even worse names. So if they crucified Jesus, how many know even worse things can happen to the people of God? Here are the cold, hard facts. To serve Jesus is to say, I will follow you no matter what. I want wherever you go, Lord, that's where I want to go. This life is not the life that I'm living for. I'm living for the day that I stand in your presence in glory. And I want to be there and I want to honor you no matter what the cost. Hallelujah. I really appreciate that clap. I didn't even think I was going to get a, one clap for that one. But here's the truth. The truth is, is that persecution comes. When you really want to honor Jesus, persecution will come. And listen, there are people on this earth that hate Jesus. Okay? They hate Jesus and they hate everything that, that, that uh, pertains to Jesus and they mock him and they belittle him. And when you stand for Jesus, you will be hated also. You will be made fun of also. That is the reality of life. It's so funny how people can, can uh, 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 stand and, and talk about, about any religion or whatever and it's fine and it's defended, but don't get too heavy. The minute you start saying Jesus, everyone gets upset. You know what uh, uh, Jonathan Edwards says? He said, the reason that people hate God is because God hates their idols. You see, people, 
People don't want to bow down to the true and living God. And Christianity is about bowing down to one king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on, amen, that's true. Hallelujah. We, we live in America, and America has been such a blessed nation. And uh, uh, when this nation was founded, there were so many people that believed in God. We, uh, we are one nation under God. The, even the, 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 their courts that they still have in God we trust and the dollar bill and all kinds of that. But let me tell you, all of that is going away. People don't care about that anymore. And even in this world, even where Joel and Karen are going to, you know it's illegal to, to try to convert someone to Christ there. Everything is kind of like on the, on the down low. People are coming to Christ, but it's a very, very touchy situation where they're going to. Even now, people around the world are being persecuted for their Christian faith. I want to put up a quick chart to you uh, for you. Could you put that up? Each month, 322 Christians are killed for their faith in the world. 214 churches and Christian properties are destroyed. This is each month, 772 forms of violence are committed against Christians. The, these, uh, these notes come from a, uh, um, an agency that tracks these things. And the truth of the matter is, brothers and sisters, that persecution is already rampant on the loose. And it has been since the very beginning all across the world. But I believe it's really coming to America and we have to get ready. We have to get ready. Even now, the head of the Assemblies of God recently issued a letter, and I want to read some of the uh, contents of it to you. I thought how timely it was, uh, um, but this is very, very important. I'm giving you the synopsis of a letter that he sent about what's going on and about persecution. Senate Bill 1146, okay, Uh, uh, this is in California. Senate Bill 1146 will require religious colleges and universities to adopt policies of non-discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation in order for students to receive state-funded scholarships under the Cal Grant program. Secondly, SB 1146 will require these institutions to give notice if they have requested an exemption to Title IX Uh, uh, And thirdly, SB 11 will permit lawsuits, listen to this, SB 11 will permit lawsuits against institutions that are perceived to discriminate on the basis of sexual orientation, regardless of whether they accept the Cal Grant scholarships. Now, this has already passed the Senate, correct? This has already passed the Senate, and it's, it's rapidly moving towards becoming law. And, and we've been saying this for a good while now. You know the goal of this is really the church. Because once they get the Christian schools and say, if you don't promote uh, 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 um, uh, homosexuality, if you don't pro- promote same-sex marriage, forget about freedom of religion. Forget about the First Amendment, okay? If you don't promote that, then we're going to take away your funding and you'll be liable to lawsuits, and they're going to do that to the church. You see, their goal is really the church. Their goal is to come in and that at a certain point say, look, 
Look, you have the right to believe whatever you want to believe, but we believe the Word of God. We believe the Bible. And because of that, we believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. That's what the Word of God says. We believe they were made in His image, and that's what it is. And you know what they're going to take? When people give nowadays, when, when someone puts something into our offering basket, that's tax deductible. People can write that off as giving to charity. That's going to go away. Tax-exempt status, there are a lot of things we don't pay tax. That's going to go away. And they're already in Canada, if you preach against homosexuality, they could literally put you in jail. That's what's going on now, guys. Listen to me. Get ready. Get ready. I've said this many, many times, okay? If they come and take me away, Pastor Matt will stand. If they come and take Pastor Matt away, Pastor Jose, and we will stand. But listen, hold on a second. Don't clap yet. Here's when I want you to clap. When they get done with us, okay, I want them to come to Tracy, okay, and he will stand and preach the gospel. Okay, and every person in the house, I'm going to tell them, you better start building big jails because we will not bow down no matter what you do, no matter what you say. We will not bow down. We will honor the Lord. We'll pay whatever price there is to pay. Look, very quickly, here are the steps. He lays this out in such a powerful way. Okay, here are the steps towards persecution, and this is going on in our country right now. First, step one is this word that I have a real hard time saying, caricaturization. Hallelujah. Okay? And what this means is, is that in a cultural way, they start to make fun of Christians. They make a caricature out of us. So they say that we're hateful, bigoted, mean-spirited, weird, out of touch, out of date. And as a culture, they just start to, little by little, anytime someone says, I believe in Jesus, they start to make you into like this freak. That's why a lot of times when I preach, I say, hey guys, our kids play baseball and basketball in the summer league. We, we grill brats. We just love Jesus. That's what it is. We're normal, but see, they say you're not normal. To love Jesus means you're not normal, and they start to make like a joke out of us. And then what that leads to is marginalization, okay? Now, marginalization means that being a a Christian, an evangelical Christian, means that you're no longer qualified for high positions in society because of your belief. In other words, no one could become a Supreme Court judge if he believes that Jesus was the Son of God and he rose from the dead. If a Supreme Court judge says, no, the Bible is true, no one can, you're, all of a sudden, you're not qualified. That's what you call marginalization. It's like, look, you're out there. But then it actually turns into discrimination. Here's what discrimination is. It's to be excluded, isolated, or prosecuted based on your belief in this particular context in God. You know? It's so funny. The other day, I went to Starbucks and they dismissed, they, they dismissed, they discontinued um, a drink that I get there, a kind of smoothie that I get there, right? Now, should I, sue, should I sue them because they don't offer that now? Right? So, are the, are the, 
are the secular schools going to start offering the kind of intense Bible degree programs that, that the Christian schools offer? No. You see? But if you don't offer what they want you to offer, then you get discriminated against. It's coming. It's happening. And then lastly, obviously, then there's persecution, which is the unjust infliction of pain, punishment, or death upon others because of their beliefs. Now, here's what's important about this text today. This is in black and white for us as believers to understand that ultimately persecution becomes part of, of uh, political structures. In history, it shows that ultimately persecution becomes part of the government. All right? And so here's my question. Are you close enough to Jesus to stand? Just be close to Jesus. So you say, how in the world is that going to happen? i got to say this quickly. I've told the story about being in, in, um, in, a, in Turkey, and one of the missionaries reported um, being, he was in a, he's in a Middle Eastern country, and he was arrested and taken into a room, and he could hear people being tortured. And in that particular part of the world, they pop people's eyeballs out with spoons. And he was there and he was cornered and they were threatening him. I remember speaking to him. They were threatening him uh, um, that if he didn't stop speaking about Jesus, that they were going to torture him and so on and so forth. And he said something came over him. And he said, you're not fighting against me. You're fighting against Jesus, the Lord of Lords. And he just began to preach right there. And he was, he was basically, you know, uh, incarcerated. And he started to preach against these guys. And what the guys did is they looked at him, right? And then they just backed away. And they just did like this. And he just walked out, you know. And he said afterwards, I, I asked him a question. I said, well, what happened? He said, I don't know if they saw an angel. I don't know what they saw. I don't know what happened, but they just backed out, and I left, and I said, how did you do that? And he said, it's grace. See, if you're close to God, you see, the grace will be there. I don't have the time to read all the verses to you, but Jesus said to the disciples in that same chapter, in that same passage I read, he said, listen, when they bring you before the magistrates, don't even worry about what you're going to say because words will be given to you by the Spirit. Hallelujah. But we have to be close to him. So here's the point very quickly. Consecration is the second thing that it teaches us. Consecration leads to radical Conviction. And it leads to radical conviction. This is what those boys said. We do not, this is the king of the land. Okay? And there were no laws in Supreme Court. If he said, you're dying, you're dying. He said, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. But even if he does not, we want you to know. He might deliver us and he won't. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. So they said, look, we know God can deliver us, and we know that he can and that he will, but even if he does not, we want you to know, we will not bow. How many know that's radical? 
Radical conviction says, I don't care. Here's what, here's what it means, okay? Here's what conviction means very quickly. Conviction is a clarity and commitment to God's will and what really matters. Radical conviction is having clarity about who you really answer to. And it's a commitment that is not based on outcome, but rather on love and loyalty. Look at me for a second. Here's what I'm trying to say by this. When it comes to your convictions in God, there is a facet of faith that is not based on God doing a miracle for your life. Okay? You know how when you get married, you say, for richer, for poorer, for better, for what? Okay? So, so when you really love someone, if something bad happens to your spouse, you're saying, no matter what happens to you, I'm going to be here. To the very end, I'm going to be here. Okay? There's a part of our faith that says, no matter what, God. Okay? I believe that you are sovereign. You know all things. There's a saying in the Christian church. Listen to this. The blood of the martyrs are the seeds of the church. Let me say that one more time. The blood of the martyrs are the seeds of the church, meaning the blood that people shed for Jesus when they're, when they're martyred, when they're killed for the cause of Christ, those become the new seeds of building the kingdom of God. You see? And I was like, Lord, I've never preached a sermon like this. But you know what? We're living in the days of Babylon. We're living in dark days. And God is challenging you, okay? And if you're going to walk with God, I'm telling you right now, this is not a time to be a mamsy-pamsy nominal Christian. This is not the day. These are not days for you to read your Bible once a month. These are days to get close to God. These are days to draw near to the Most High God, okay? Because, because what really counts is when we stand before him on that day, okay? And how many know it's better to be persecuted here and to be welcomed there than to be welcomed here and not welcomed there? How many would say amen? Here's what Jesus said. He said, if you're ashamed of me on the earth, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father. Whoa. That's tough preaching. But listen, listen, guys. Long term, we can't lose because Christ is on our side. We can't lose because Christ is on our side. Put your hand on your heart for a moment and say, thank you, Lord. You're on my side. Amen. I have one more thing to say to you, and then we're going to close. I want you to go home, and I want you to read this. Guys, I want you to read this. I want you to pray about this. I want you to think about your children and your grandchildren. And you have to understand, if you have children or grandchildren, you have a responsibility to honor God for their sake. Okay, you have a responsibility to, to serve God, to praise God, to worship God, to get close to God, so that they will have a living example. You see, how many know that in this day, when you say to kids, Okay, um, um, do as I say, not as I do. Kids don't buy that. Okay, you can't tell your child, don't drink, smoke, 
uh, uh, do all kinds of crazy things, but you do it yourself, okay? They may not tell you to your face, but you know what they're thinking, right? They're thinking, yeah, right. You see? But we want our kids to stand before God and to bring glory to God. So we need to get close to him. Now here's the good news, and I'll close with this. Here's what this passage teaches us, okay? And this is not a myth. This was a true story, okay? Consecration does incite persecution, but here's what consecration also incites. Consecration incites God's loyalty. See, when they threw them into the fire, the, the, the oven, those ovens were like those giant milk bottles. You know those old milk bottles? You know, it was kind of like shaped like this, giant, and then they had a kind of window on the side. So you would have to go to the top, and they would drop them down into the fire, but you could look into the side, okay? And he, the king jumped to his feet, and he looked in, and he says, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? And they replied, certainly, your majesty. Look, but he said, look. I see four men walking around in the fire, and they are unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Now, here's what this story teaches us, okay? The Bible is true and honest, and I like that the Bible doesn't sugarcoat stuff. Here's what the Bible teaches us. Sometimes, okay, we go into the fire. Everyone say, the fire is real. Anyone that tells you that, that there isn't fire when you serve God, everything is great and you can name it and claim it and you could speak to it. Fire, you shut down fire. Sometimes you could say fire shut down and it's not shutting down. Sometimes God gets the most glory from our lives when we go through the fire. The fire is real, but Jesus is loyal. And how many know whenever you go through the fire, he will be there with you right in the midst of the fire. He will never leave us nor forsake us hallelujah he will not let us down he will be right there with us hallelujah if you're loyal to God God will be loyal to you if you want to see real miracles powerful things in your life you get loyal to God and you watch God stand up and then go what happened why aren't you burned why don't you smell like fire it's because the Lord covered me the Lord is my shield hallelujah thou O Lord are a shield about me he's my glory and the lifter of my head stand still the Bible says and see the salvation of the Lord hallelujah God will part the Red Sea when he needs to part the Red Sea. God, our God, is loyal. Yes. Hallelujah. And that's why, okay, I'm not saying this so that you could be afraid. Okay? Fear not. Okay? We have nothing to be afraid of. In fact, there's a verse in Isaiah that says, when you walk through the fire, you won't get burned. And when you go through the waters, they will not overtake you. How many know he will not allow us to be overtaken? He will usher us into glory. Hallelujah. The Lord, the Lord is calling our church. The, calling, the Lord is calling our church to be sold out to him. You know what Chicago needs? Chicago needs people that are sold out to Jesus. 
radical. You don't have to be weird, okay? Radical doesn't mean weird. Radical just means that we are people of deep conviction. God, help us to get close to you. I want to pray today because, you know, we all find ourselves in, in different places in this life. And maybe you might be here today. It's like, I don't know the Bible like Pastor Toledo or Pastor Matt or Pastor Dave or one of the other pastors. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about getting close to Jesus. You build your life right from where you are. You separate yourself to him and you seek him. And if you will seek him, how many know you will find him? And you will get stronger and stronger and stronger. And when the time comes and you're put to the test, how many believe the Holy Spirit is able to make us pass that test with flying colors? How many believe that today? Could we praise God? Let's all stand and join hands across the aisles. I know that this is different. This is a different kind of message. But can I tell you, I feel like, I feel like this is a very important subject for us to cover. I think it's important for us to pray about this. Okay, this message is for every single one of us here. And I want you to pray as we go, God, help us to get so close to you, Lord, that no matter what happens, God, we will bring you glory and honor with our lives. Come on, begin to pray, Father, all over the building, all over the building, God. We lift up every person here, oh God. No matter where they are, I pray that you would move them forward. Move them forward. Get them closer, God. Take us from strength to strength. Take us from glory to glory. God, help us to begin, oh God, the process of getting close to you, God. Hallelujah. Make us close to you, God. We want to bring you glory and honor. We want to pass the test, oh God. Get us ready. Get us ready. Get us ready, we pray, oh God. Every man, every woman, hallelujah. God, help us to consecrate ourselves and to grow stronger in our convictions. Help us to model for the young people, oh God, and for our children's sake and the sake of our grandchildren. Help us to model consecration, oh God. Get close to him, brothers and sisters. Get close to Jesus. This is the time. This is the opportunity. Get close to the master, to the king. He will not let you down. Help us, God, as we go from this place. God, let the spirit of heaven sweep down upon our lives, oh God. Do something radical in our hearts, oh God. Launch us out to bring you glory. Launch us out to bring you glory no matter what. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Amen. God bless you. Greet one another.